Independence Day. I'm Jeff. And I'm Tom. And I'm Kim. And we are three old Reds fans coming to you from Studio 82, just down the street from our good friends at Beans and the heart of Cedarville, in the birthplace of Bumpus Jones. Well, the gang's all here this week. The June swoon took its toll on us, but we haven't given up that the Reds' rebuilding project will someday reach completion. <laughs> um, with that, we had a pretty good week for a change. Won a couple series. Would have been nice to pull off the sweep and get the broom out, but it didn't happen. Yeah, last time we were together, we were saying it's all over. We, we were getting out the gravestones yeah. for the season, but now I think there's actually a possibility. I mean, if they have a good wrap up here to the before the all-star break that they'll get within that five games we've been talking about it could happen it could happen what do you think Kim? are they gonna just go out west and fall apart again or do you think they can go out there and win some games is the pitching well, I, I stabilized a little I believe bit they're tied with the padres for the worst road record in major league baseball we, we we're hopeful after a four and two week with two division leading teams in the nl central the week nl central but they're still leading the nl central uh, I, it's hard to it's hard to ignore the data, but <laughs> I will be rooting. And and we we do have Castillo going tonight. Yep, been incredibly impressive. Now that's over. That's overshadowed by who's going the next night. But right now, one game at a time. We'll go with Castillo and hopefully get off to a good start. I always worry about these rookie pitchers. Their third and fourth time out, because the scouting reports catch up with them. Right. Yep. So this I think this is the real test. It's kind of like the Garrett thing, it, right? It does, but at the same time, this is the first time the team's seen him in person. True. And his forte is that 99, 100-mile-an-hour consistent fastball. Like I said, a little more movement on it. Yeah, and then we get Romano on Thursday. Thursday. We're going to see what he can do again. Back healthy, been pitching pretty well. So, and then we've got to see what we can get from Homer coming up. Hopefully he... We'll take another the, stuff. I mean, it hasn't been good at all. I mean, what in the world? I mean, I'll take five innings and four runs at mm-hmm. this point. That would be at least that'd be a step in the right direction. I mean, for he's him, still with so. five innings and seven runs. <laughs> <laughs> he's giving up home runs like Bronson did. Yeah, right. And yeah. Who would have thought that? Yeah. Well, home runs are up everywhere. True. Yeah. I don't know what the exact numbers on that are. It's a juice ball game. They just are flying out. So, um, one thing I learned this week, and I, I didn't know this. Maybe you guys did. Do you know the Major League Baseball is stitched differently than the Minor League Baseball? No, I didn't. There, it's there's more stitches. It's it's tight. It's smaller. Therefore, um, it's smoother. It can fly farther. So, with the smaller stitching, would that have an effect on the breaking pitches? It should. Yeah, yeah I would think so. Too. I always used to love balls with big high seams. In fact, I'd scratch them up before I'd throw, right? Because the higher the seams, the yeah. more movement you get. So that's interesting. So what was your Jeff. repertoire? It was not very good. Otherwise, I, I would I would not be sitting here with you guys. But what was it? I mean, fastball? I, I had a, um, a split-finger pitch that I would throw two different speeds. And, uh, you know, one time it, it was did more. It, did it drop? It or? dropped very well. I mean, I, it, when it was going, it, it dropped very well for me. And then mm-hmm. I, and I'd throw it two different speeds, right? So. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I didn't really throw a breaking pitch or slider. I played with a cutter a little bit, but back in the 80s, a cutter wasn't really a thing, right? No, not until Rivera, really. I mean, he's the yeah. guy that made that pitch. But I remember my – okay, so so my college coach was Al Worthington, who was a former Cincinnati Red reliever. Okay. Uh, also played for Paul Brer Bryant Football at University of Alabama. 
How about that? Interesting. He was also sitting in the bullpen when Willie Mays made his over-the-shoulder catch Ooh. for the New York Giants. In the World Series. In the World Series. And, and he said it was not no big deal to us because he said we saw him do that stuff every day. It was the stage. And it was on TV. And how many times were they not on TV back then? Right. But, but anyways, he, he would have me play with pressure on either finger, um, which was what has become the cutter nowadays, right? Right. Um, Interesting. Interesting. So, but that's a great trivia that the major league balls went title tighter. I didn't know. Well, that. it's this this the stitching is different. Like yeah. probably if you called up images on the internet and looked at both of them, you'd probably see a little bit of a difference. But I heard him talking about that. I don't know, it was Brantley or somebody uh, on TV, or I read it somewhere. I don't remember, but my my huh. memory ain't what it used to be. So, um, good news we got Sunday night. Zach Cozart starting in the All Star game, deservedly so. Well deserved. And uh, Joey Votto, who we're going to look into deep into some of his stats here in a little bit, mm. and uh, deservedly making the all-star team as well. Yes. And, prob- and we can make certainly make a case that his season completely um, is good enough to be the starter. <clears throat> um, yes. Now, he didn't have the, the rapid start the great April like some of these guys do who then ride that wave – to the all-star game and he had another slow start too. it was slow but not as bad as some of the <clears throat> yeah. in recent years because he's what he's back right. in the all-star game for the first time since what 13 i think 12 or 13 and uh and so that's really good to see um so the big question is thousands are asking what's the donkey's name gonna be <laughs> <laughs> so there was a bunch of th- stuff on twitter the other day uh, thinking about what the donkey could be named. Of course, I guess Adam Dunn was the big donkey. Yeah. So somebody yeah. was like, that donkey has got to be named Adam Dunn. Adam Dunn. <laughs> that donkey has got to be named Adam Dunn. <clears throat> and that would be funny. But I guess they could call it Jack. Yeah. As in Jackass. Well, yeah, or, <laughs> yeah, that'd be, yeah, you, yeah. You, you could. You could. I don't know that they will. Um and there's just a lot of a lot of fun stuff about that about what they might do that. Just so, did you guys see the stuff on TV with Joey in the? I saw donkey Joey suit? in the. In the I saw the picture. Costume. Yeah. Which, by the way, I thought that was a cool thing for Votto to do. Yeah. For his teammate, so I think that's neat. Well, he, you know, he he actually I saw Cozart interviewed, and he actually bought it, brought it for Cozart to wear out to his interview. Oh really? And Cozart's like, I'm not, I'm, doing, not gonna... I'm not doing that. So Joey went out. And then that night, at least that night, I don't know if it was any other nights, but at least that night, one of the grounds crew members got a hold of it. So every time they came out to, you know, work the field when, in between the innings, crew had it, yeah. he was wearing it out on the field. So it was a lot of fun, and uh, they've gotten a lot of mileage out of that, and it's it's pretty cool, pretty cool. So um, anyway, um, so let's uh, take a little commercial here for a second. Uh, set something up on the Podbean site. If you go, if you listen to us different places, um, but you can also go to, to to our Podbean site or through the app, Podbean app, and set up a thing uh, where you can be a patron. So for as little as a dollar a month, <laughs> you could you could help us a little bit with some equipment stuff we want to do. Uh, we'd love, to, I'd love for us to have stuff so we could um, do phone stuff and get people on the phone. Whether it's you guys out of town or. We get somebody on the phone that'll talk to us. It would be kind of fun. Like one of the Reds would be nice if they call into our show. Sure, WKRP sure. in Cincinnati had that episode where Sparky Anderson was a host, and <laughs> the phone finally rang. And if you remember, the guy was ordering pizza. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, so hopefully we, we will be. We like have that. about as many listeners as WKRP <laughs> did back in the day, probably. So, uh, but we're growing, right? We're growing, and so things like that can help us grow. So that's there. You can click on that link, and if you want to do that, that'd be great. Um, as well, um, follow us on Twitter, Facebook. Um, just search Three Old Reds Fans and follow us. We tweet during the game. Uh, we have a good time with that. Um, and different times, share other things that people are doing out there in Reds country. We got a, a follower this week. Um, there's a face, There's somebody set up a Twitter page, and I saw it, and they're brand new. It's like Reds UK. I saw that. So too. it was like a fan, some fan in the UK who's who uh, wants to know what's going on. So I t- tweeted at him and said, "Hey, you should follow us. We'll keep help help keep up with the Reds a little bit." So he did right away. And that'd be so a that'd great be, remote location for our three old Reds oh, fans podcast. That's true. We'd but, love to include. But him what in. would be really cool is if we had the phone thing and we could get that guy on the phone. Not as cool as going there in person. Yeah, not as cool as going there in person. But you know, limited funds. There, there's fans. Reds fans all over the world. Well, we've got if I, you can, I can look at the analytics on our site, and most of our listeners are from the United States, obviously, especially Ohio. We do have a, a good little following brewing out in California, uh, and then we've also had a couple of listens out of the Philippines, one out of Japan, and one out of Spain in the past week. So that's kind of cool. So I don't know who they are, but. Uh, um, if they speak English, maybe we could get them on the phone. Some lonely people out Some there. Some lonely people. <laughs> <laughs> people, so people, try, people in the middle of the night trying to fall asleep. <laughs> we're, we're helping. We're, we're helping. <laughs> we're, the, we're your cure for your insomnia. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, all right, let's jump to throwback player. Tom, it's all your right. turn. Well, Let, this is fun. I'm going to change things up just a little bit. And, uh, we, and we have no idea you who didn't, this I, is. But you, you didn't throw a change up. <laughs> a little this is the slower up. split finger. Is this the slow split finger here? So, um, you know, when, when you look back at the Big Red Machine, a lot of people, you know, a, a lot of people get the billing, of course. Um, that, that great hitters is always what everyone always talks about from Rose, Morgan, Bench, Perez, mm-hmm. Griffey Jr., or excuse me, Griffey Sr. Um, but um, there's a unit that didn't get a lot of. Um, uh, publicity or a lot of credit for 75-76 season um, that should have and so that you, instead of a player this week I'm doing a unit and it's the it's the bullpen of the big red machine so do you guys remember uh, the four main throwers in this in the Big Red Machine bullpen. So now, Big Red Machine was many years, but you 70, specified 75, 75 76. Well, we, I, I said the Goldust Twins. You guys never heard them, but the the lefty, W.M. Will McEnany. The righty, R.E. Raleigh, Raleigh Eastwick. They were the two. They were both second-year players in 1975. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pedro Bourbon. Pedro Bourbon. Um, and then the old man. Clay Carroll. Clay Carroll. Who was still part the of the Hawk. Who they was nicknamed the Hawk. the Hawk, which you got to like him just because he's nicknamed the Hawk. Yeah. Now, listen to this. So their ERA for the season, we're talking about 1975 here. The whole bullpen? Um, just well, I don't have guys. the whole bullpen, but none of them were over 3.0 okay. for the season. <laughs> those, four which guys, is, those four guys. Those four guys who we're talking about. Um, uh, the lowest was Will McEnany with 2.4, and the highest was Pedro Bourbon with 2.9. I mean, wow. that's amazing. Yeah. Another thing I thought was interesting about that bullpen for the year, 
none of them for the whole year gave up more than six home runs for the year. And, um, you know, when you're talking about an entire season. And when you're talking with Captain Hook, and, and with, you, you had a lot of appearances. Sparky and they sure did. And you know, they all had a, a similar amount of innings from 90 innings to 125. So Sparky used them all oh, yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. And I actually met uh, Clay Carroll when I was little for uh, one of the uh, guys at my church got us into the um, the uh, uh, what do you call it where they dress the dressing room the clubhouse <laughs> the clubhouse locker room, locker room. <laughs> and uh, I got to go in I still remember shaking hands with Clay Carroll the Hawk because yeah. um, I must have been nine years old or something like that then. were you as tall as him yet no. <laughs> not at nine years old not at nine years old now it's kind of interesting these guys um, you know Raleigh Eastwick was only with the Reds three years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it didn't last long. And Did actually he had the a Red better. Sox? Did he go to the Red Sox? He, he went to uh, St. Louis. He, he bounced around all over. I think he lives in Boston now. And, and actually, his best year was in 1976 when he was 11 and five, which it's quite a year for a reliever. Mm-hmm. Um, Pedro Bourbon. He pitched there. He pitched for the Reds for a number of years. He was there longer than any of those guys. Mm-hmm. He was with the Reds actually 10 years. And had a career with the Reds of 3.3 ERA, which that's pretty yeah, impressive. Yeah, he was steady for a long time. He was he, he was like a, a favorite player back then, you know, not like the well, big guys. The, but the, was, uh, the brawl between Rose and Harrelson when the dust had settled, he had a Mets cap on his head. Do you remember that? <laughs> he and he took bo- it off and he bit it. <laughs> True. <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah. Well, do you know where McEnany was born? Springfield. Springfield, Ohio. Is that right? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, just a couple other ones here. So uh, Clay Carroll, he's with the Reds eight years. So he's, he's not quite as much long as Pedro. But his his ERA with the Reds was 2.7 in eight years. And he led them in saves a couple of years. Uh, might have been. Um, and then uh, finally is uh, our local boy, I guess, in Cedarville here, Will McEnany. Let me get to his stats here. He also um, wasn't with the Reds. Only but three years. Just so so Raleigh Eastwick and Will McNay, both of them were only with the Reds three years. Yeah. Um, and and both in fact, uh, McEnany left after the 1976 season. Mm-hmm. Wow. And he was on the mound at the end 75. of the 75. And who was last batter? Uh, I don't remember, but he flew out yes. to Geronimo. Yes, yes. Yeah, I think I remember. Yeah. That. I saw a video of that recently because you always see. You see the picture of Bench jumping up in McEnany's arms, mm-hmm. and you see Geronimo catching the ball, mm-hmm. and then he Jump jumps. Up both hands. But I saw recently somewhere, and maybe I shared it online, maybe you guys saw it, there was a camera angle from behind home plate, and Bench was jumping in McEnany's arms before Geronimo ever caught the ball. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's, they knew he was going to catch it. Well, he won four gold gloves. Well, yeah, he wasn't going to drop it. It wasn't a hard ball. I no, mean, it was a can of corn. Just wait. It's just, this is the out. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. the stage, as yeah. you said earlier. Yeah, and he just, he was jumping in his arms before uh, he ever cut the ball, which tells you what how good photographers can be. They're just focused on that. You know, if they're wait, if they're watching that, they miss see, they missed they miss that play. And that was yeah. on the cover of Sports Illustrated and everything yeah, else. So, cool. throwback. Unit this time. I, like I mean, it. you know, you got like your 85 it. Bears defense, right? And you got the 75 76 Reds bullpen. Yeah, well, good. The creative genes were juices were flowing there. Tom. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, seven and a half games out of first. Speaking of bullpens, we have a bullpen that's worthy of a team competing. And um, uh, do you really think? 
we get we revisit just revisiting this a little bit. Do you really think that you had a little more time to think about it, Tom? Are we going to get within five? Okay, so or me, if we don't, is it still are we still close enough as long as it's seven or less? So let me still think about this. Um, who, who do we have before the All Star break? I know we're Colorado, away. Going to Colorado and Arizona. Seven we games. On uh, we have trouble. The Rockies are in. Amazing. Rockies are one and nine in their last ten yes. games. Really? Yeah, they're. So a, they they're were killing it at the beginning. Yeah, they probably are. They'll probably hit eight home runs tonight. Yeah, it's at Colorado yeah, tomorrow night. Homer. Oh. Well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, there'll be some fireworks. Okay, so first of all, yes, I still think they have a shot. They keep playing. I mean, but you can. That one is question. But was but the other thing is, in this division, even at seven games out, you may still have a chance. Yeah. Do we do we. Do we really try to do something? Do we do we make roster moves and such to try to? Do we avoid making trades? Do we make trades, whatever, to try to stay in that race, or do we just say, you know, we're sticking with our rebuilding thing? Most likely, one of these other teams is going to take off, and we're not going to be able to catch them. What do you think, Kim? Well, we'll know a lot more in the next seven games, won't we? But well, yeah. It it really will tell us the direction of the club because I've been reading that. There's the possibility of signing Cozart for three years for thirty million. Have y'all heard that? Uh-uh. Which free agency and and you know that that's not bad. Ten million, ten million. Because I don't think yeah. he'll get a lot more than that. To be honest, not, not at his case, age. Do you keep him? Because Peraza has been incredibly disappointing. Mm-hmm. And uh, you incredibly know, incredibly average. Worst? No, no, no. Below in terms of his OBP, I think he's like the second worst in the majors. Well, we got really? two right now. We got two eighth place hitters. So yeah, him and Billy. Yeah. So the thing is. If you keep Zach, you're saying, okay, we're in it for the next two to three years. Because next year I'm hoping they're on the cusp of contending. Not only being competitive, but contending at least for a wild card. And then the next year after that, you got to be even figuring we're going to be in much better shape. Well, I floated the idea to you the other night. Uh, we were texting of trading Mezzarocco because... yeah. If, if somebody's if somebody really thinks he could perform because he's not doing much and we got a pretty good offense, it's not that you don't need you don't want every good bat you can get, but the question is, could you because he makes his he's he's making more than ten million, so yeah, I'm thinking salary. You know, as we say, we trade contracts, right? Do we trade his contract so we can maybe sign a pitcher, make a trade, and get a starting pitcher? that will help us and we won't have to rely on all these rookie starts. I mean, you've seen the numbers. The, I mean, it's almost 200 rookie starts in the last couple of years. So, Jeff, trading him, you're, you're thinking in terms of getting the salary off the books. because You get the salary off no the trade, books. He has no value really right now. The Reds have no bargaining position with him. And I feel bad for Devin because incredible talent. Oh, I like him. Two plus years ago, all-star. Straight member. fastball hitter. I mean. Exactly. And I figured this year is just a wash for him. It just stay healthy. Play your 110 to 120 games, and then next year you'll probably be much more in the groove. It, but I, it's it's a fair thought because Tucker Barnhart has been incredible sure behind has. the plate, has improved at bat, no doubt, and it's a steady presence for that team. Would you rather pay Zach Kozar or Devin Mesoraco, given your choice, in the next two three years? You know, you got to look at the age. No you look at other things. Uh, you're yeah, saying pay Devin's Kozar. not that much younger. I mean, he's pushing 30. But if he's like 28. That's three years younger. I know. I'd say right now with the catchers you have in the minor league system, you, yeah. You, I mean, would, I mean, would, there's some. You'd say it's a couple years Devin. away, but 
I mean, Barnard's been really good. We don't know what Stuart Turner can do because all he does is sit on the bench. So we don't know if he's – I mean, they must think he's got potential or they wouldn't keep him around. All right, here's my thought. So we went through this with Todd Frazier, right? Yeah. Um, when, when was he the most valuable? It was after – Right he, now. <laughs> a, a, a similar, Not right now. Well, but I mean a similar situation as to Kozar right now. Similar situation to Kozar. years before he was actually traded. Do you really? Yeah. I think when he was traded, was a, he was at the peak. And now it was – Beautiful trade for the Reds. He's hitting two thirteen. Well, that now. peak might have lasted about a year, year and a half, to okay. be fair to both points, I think. So I think as much as I, I love Zach Cozart, what does this team need? We've got to get some starting pitching. Well, As much as I love him, he's at the peak of his value I, I right don't, now. I don't disagree. you got to trade him. Well, maybe you do. Maybe you do. But I think you I think you look at the at Mezzarocco, too, to see what maybe you can get. And maybe that's more of an off-season deal, you know, especially yep. if he finishes kind of strong. That's true. Let him finish strong. I mean, that could be. Um, interesting. I mean, you got Scooter now, who's, who's become a, a great yeah, and he's talent. a young enough guy, and he and and um, we can play him a lot. You know, it's like uh, some teams now are not. Um, you know, you don't have necessarily eight starters. You got some guys that are starters, and then you got another group of guys that share time. You know, not not the straight platoon situation, but with moving guys around playing different positions and if scooter can, can can get better defensively in some of these other areas he could be a guy could help us for a long time don't you think scooter deserves to be our second baseman yes hasn't he earned that spot well, right now he has sure it's this whole peraza deal before we've had all year ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, well brandon let's... will never follow us now <laughs> yes no brandon that dude is uh not interested in what we have to say so we're going to do something a little new here too, a little baseball card recollections. I've, I've pulled I like out a, I pull, pulled out a couple of tops, nineteen seventy six or seventy seven cards. It's got the seventy six stats on the back. All right. So the first one, and it, these one thing we loved about baseball cards is the some of the little notes and bio stuff or things about other people on the back of cards. Right. So I actually know a guy. Who does this as a freelance job? He writes this stuff for Come on. card. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. He, he, cool. he does it. First card we have is Tom House. Now we remember Tom House was a pitcher, pitched for the Braves from '71 to '75, and then Dodgers he, too. And then he, I don't remember I, this card. I don't have I think, all his numbers looked I think up. He finished with the Dodgers. He might have he definitely pitched for the Dodgers. But so then he that. did he? Well, remember he caught a ball. Oh, but that was when he was pitching for the Braves. That's right, but I think he was with the Dodgers. He might have done with the Dodgers later. This card is of him with the Red Sox. He pitched in for the Red Sox in 76. Uh, mostly a reliever. I mean, he's always a reliever. He never he had 103 innings in 74. Um, so the thing about Tom House, so what did Tom House do that you mentioned, Kim? Caught the famous home run ball 715 by Aaron. Okay, he was in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. All right, so guy has a major league career, and this just just I think this is funny. Maybe you won't think it's funny. A bullpen mainstay the past three seasons. Tom's greatest baseball thrill was catching Hank Aaron's 715th home run in Atlanta bullpen for eight seventy four. Can throw hard, <laughs> so just I just get a kick out of like guy has a major league career, and his greatest thrill was catching a home run in the bullpen, even though it was a the great you know the most watched home run in history maybe yeah i just thought it was kind of funny that that was his greatest thrill was catching that. monday night it's monday night yeah. game of the week yeah and now whether that 
you know, and so this guy that wrote this, whoever wrote this on the back of the card, did they actually ask Tom House that? I don't know. Can throw hard. And by the way, he can throw hard. He can throw hard. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't remember him as being a hard thrower. But. Well, you know, and then he made a name for himself, what, as a pitching coach pitching for the Braves? Coach. yep. Um, when People they had come all, the great... all from all over the country to right. work with him. So the other card we have for tonight is a place for the Oakland A's, played for the Oakland A's, a guy named Larry Lintz, Never L-I-N-T-Z, a second, second baseman by trade. However, this is one of the great lines, um, stat lines. In 1976, he played in 68 games, and he had one at bat. <laughs> he scored 21 runs. He had no hits. He had no doubles, triples, homers, or RBIs. He batted zero. He was 0 for 1. But what, how did he play in 68 games? Pinch run. Pinch run. That was the A's back in those days. So although Larry, only having one official at bat in 1976, although Larry was vital to the A's, he was vital. As he, as he had 31 stolen bases and scored 21 runs, he had seventeen. He had seventy-one stolen bases during the seventy-four and seventy-five seasons, previous to this thirty-one season. Was caught only sixteen times. Wow! Wow! So, I don't know. That'd be a good role for Billy he was Hamilton, the wouldn't predecessor it? Predecessor to Herb Washington. <laughs> Herb Washington was the first one. This was this was the A's of the early seventies. Charlie Finley mixing it up, trying so think new about things. It. He'd go into the game third or fourth inning, go on base, steal base, or whatever. He might as well shower and go home. Yeah, yeah, and it was probably late innings a lot, you know, when you needed yeah. that run, but still, yeah. yeah. Good. That's good. <laughs> That's pretty interesting. I, that one caught my eye. It's like, well, Billy Hamilton's got a future no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> and Billy can cover the outfield. And Billy can cover the outfield, yeah. So, uh, Billy's actually hitting He's actually hitting 300-plus here in the last week or so. He's actually started to hit the ball. His back's hurting him. Though, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't know what's yeah, going on. Yeah, stealing all those, diving and stealing all those bases. It's got to well, take yeah, a toll. The month of June, he had, what, three stolen bases? Maybe yeah, four? Yeah, you're right, you're right. He didn't. He didn't well, he wasn't getting on base, either. He had that over 20 slump. Yeah. yeah. But you're right. Maybe there is something to that. Um, all right, analytics this week. We're going to look at WRC+. Plus. <laughs> What's WRC? It's not. It's not a radio station. RC call. That would be KRC. <laughs> weighted runs created plus. All right. Weighted I, runs. I like this stat plus. a lot. I think this is a, this is a great stat for really seeing the worth of a hitter. All right. Okay. It attempts to credit a hitter for the value of each outcome rather than treating all hits or times on base equally. The value of each outcome. Of an at bat. So if you get a hit and somebody scores, it's worth more than if you just get a hit. Yeah, or moves up base. There's all it's a complicated formula which we don't usually get into, but because we know why, because there's parentheses and letters and <laughs> all this stuff. And and some some of these stats that are figured one in other ways then get incorporated into these other stats. You know that's how that all works. But it's a rate stat, but it's scaled so that the league average is a hundred. So you can look at a guy's WRC plus instead of at some number. You know, like you look at batting average and we you see three hundred. Yeah, but with a new stat comes out and you see a number, you don't really have right. a context for what that means, right? So what they do, they add the plus to it, and so the league average is a hundred. So every point above 
100 is equal to one percentage point better than the league average, and every point below is equal to one percent so worse it, than the league average. Is it right, Jeff, that if you have a high one of these, you are a clutch hitter? You, well, or, you, or you're just a good hitter. I mean, that's one thing is interesting. All this sabermetrics, people who who love this stuff and really have studied it, say there's no such thing as a clutch hitter. You're either a good hitter or you're not, and the numbers bear out that. But isn't that what this stat's saying? Is well, when it's you saying, get hit, it's but it's just saying that you're a better hitter. If if my WRC plus is better than yours, I'm just a generally a better hitter, which means I will hit in the clutch more. It doesn't mean I necessarily am better at hitting in the clutch. I'm just a better hitter, period. And so that's – now we can debate that because, you know, Tony Perez, great clutch hitter, right? That's what we always say. I'm not saying I agree completely with that. I think there are guys who can rise up and do things in certain situations. They're gamers, right? Yeah, you know, and of course, you know, you see a lot of times guys have high batting averages with the bases loaded. Well, there's reasons for that. I mean, they're, they're, they're not going to – they don't want to walk you. They're competitive, right? right? They're competitive. And they don't. The pitcher doesn't want to walk you. The infield's in. The outfield's back or in or something like that. So anyway, so we'll move on. So, so for example, if you have a 125 WRC plus, then you then you create that means a player created 25 percent more runs than the league average hitter would have in the same number of plate appearances. Okay, so if if mine's 100 and yours is 125, then I'm 25 percent better than you. Or you're 25% better than me. Excuse me, yeah. yeah. Which you, you already knew that, right? Uh, similarly, every point below is below. So 80 means you're creating 20% fewer runs than the league average. So the Reds as a team are 10th in the league in this stat. Okay, 10th in the National League or the, the Major League? In the National League, Okay. I think. That, wait, that's not very good then. No, it must be. No, it's in the Major League. It so 10th in the leagues. Major Leagues. In runners in scoring position, and remember we talked about this before, I did figure out a way on fan graphs to look that up. I, I found it. So with runners in scoring position, the Reds are 15th at 101. So their, WRC, so their WRC plus is 100, which means they are exactly average. Not that they're an average team, but they hit the league average. And only nine teams are above it. So, uh, or in the majors. Um, RSP... R, Runners in scoring position, 15th at 101. So with runners in scoring position, they're just a little bit better. So you could say they're a little more clutch, if you wish. They're 7th in the – that's in baseball and 7th in the National League. Um, to look at a stat we're more familiar with, batting average, we're 12th in batting average at 264 and 7th in the NL at 264. So in WRC Plus, this weighted runs created plus, this – rate that looks at all kinds of stuff and says how good are you we're actually better than we are in batting average which leads to the point that batting average while batting average matters is not the end all be all right. stat thing that we've always looked at forever right so we're only batting 264 so we're not hitting 270 so I don't know what that means but <laughs> <laughs> so Joey Votto alright I made the comment earlier Maybe Joey Votto should be the starter when we start looking at his numbers. Okay, so the numbers that were nor the, the traditional baseball numbers we measure a guy by, right? Mm -hmm. Joey Votto, th 23 home runs, fifth in the majors. RBIs, he has 59, he's ninth. 
He's batting 316. He's 12th. So you look at those numbers, and you're thinking, ah, oh, okay, he's he's a top 10 guy, but he's not a top 3 guy based on those numbers, right? Right. So, But when you dig into some of these other numbers, some of these rates, and, and I see you've got a, read, read that a tweet picked up here. He is top three in the NL in war, O-war, OBP, slugging, OPS, total bases, home runs, walks, adjusted OPS, runs created, adjusted batting runs, and adjusted batting walks, walks I think. So he's top three in all that stuff. Which That's amazing. I've got some of these other numbers here. You know, So OBP, he's third. Slugging, he's third. OPS, he's second. Weighted on base average, he's second. What um, is he in wins above replacement? Uh, he is third. Um, his WRC plus is 1.050, so it's better than 1,000. And that is second in the majors. Judge is leading a lot of these categories. I was wondering about that. Yeah. Um, he's up there a lot, um, and a few other guys up there here and there. But Votto's consistently up there and all this stuff. Isolated power, he's sixth. Isolated power is slugging minus batting average. So it takes that singles out. Okay. Hmm. It takes the singles out. Uh, walk percent. And, so why is he so good at all this stuff? Well, why, why is Joey Votto? Tell me, Kim, why Joey Votto's a good hitter. What makes him a good hitter? What are some things he does that helps him be a great hitter, besides choking up? I when I watch him at bat, it's like they used to call Steve Bur- Steve Spurrier the evil genius. Yeah. And you think of someone in their lab. I I look at Joey Votto and I think he puts the science in hitting. Right. He is such a student of the game, and and he hasn't done it the past couple of years. But remember how he would go ballistic at the umpires? Yeah. Just, just he like looks that. at him now, but he doesn't go as ballistic. But, but it was just like that. Uh-huh. Is because he was so dialed in on the the pitch, the moment of that pitch, not just the at bat, that pitch, and he's just so focused on his craft. Okay. I think he's I think he's so good because he he gets a good pitch to hit. Right. He waits. He's for, patient. Yes. For a good pitch to hit, he, you don't see him chasing balls. And, well, you know what he's done this year more than I've ever seen him do is swing at first pitches, and I he agree. seems to do them. And a little bit of a streak, and then, and most of the time he does that, he does not get a hit. And the next at bat, he's back to Joey. I wonder if he, I wonder if he's a guest hitter too, because something like the other night, did you see him? He just watched three straight pitches go down the middle and struck out. And I'm thinking he didn't even swing, and they were. Yeah, that was so an you, unusual bat. You wonder if he just got full. He was looking for certain mm-hmm. pitches, and yeah, and, I don't know. well, yeah. statistically to back that up. His walk percentage, he walks almost 16% of the time, and that's fourth in baseball. He strikes out, he's the ninth lowest strikeout rate in baseball of 11%, and his walk to K ratio is 1.44, which is second. Hmm. So that's kind of what you all explained and said. Those numbers right there back up exactly what you said, right? Yeah. And what you were going to add something else, I yeah, cut you and, off. Yeah, and I just, well, how old is he now? 32? 32, I think. Early 32. How many hits does he have in his career right now? Uh, he had 1,499 the other he's night. He was 1,499. He's basically, he's one hit away from halfway to 3,000, and he's roughly 32. And you got to you got to say, okay, no way he can get to 3,000. Now, we talked about Pete. And Pete was like 37, 38 during the 44-game hitting streak. You know? But he's playing first. 
he he's such a selective hitter. And you know, you sit there and you think, the movie uh, Billy Bean, yeah, Moneyball, Moneyball, right? First oh, he would be the Billy Bean's metrics. dream. And he is, you know, you sit there and look. What are you going to do to score a run? Well, you have to go on base. And that's what you're describing. That's what Joey does. Yeah. He doesn't get out that much. He doesn't make silly outs for the yeah. most part. He gets on base. Yeah. Not he's not a great runner. No. Although, did you see him steal third the other night and score? I did, but if you look smart. closely, that ball, he was a step and a half away from third base oh, when the ball was right here. Yeah. And he was kind of slowing down. He, he, he just is... And I, I get a little frustrated on some of those ground outs where he jogs, especially one not too long ago where the first baseman juggled it. If, Bill, if Joey would have been going a little bit harder, he'd have made it. But no, no way to criticize He's that man. He's paced himself to 3,000 hits. Yeah. It'd be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. It would be cool. It would be cool. When's the last cool. time the Reds were the 3,000 hit guy? Uh, Is it Pete? Pete. Pete. He's, yeah. yeah. I don't think he's the only guy that's ever done it as a Red. I don't think anybody's a Reds ever else has ever crossed it. Wow. Is anybody else that's ever played for the Reds? Scored 3,000 hits? Frank Robinson. Frank Robinson, did he get that? Ed, Ra- Ed he Roush, maybe. Baltimore, didn't he? Ed Roush, maybe. Uh, he well, he was with the Reds for like 10 years. I know, ago. but I wonder if he yeah, got... It, it, it wouldn't have been with the Reds when he got 3,000. No, it he would if he, if he did surpass that, which he probably did. I used to know that list. I used to have a poster in my room of the 3,000 hit club. Right after Pete crossed 3,000 oh, hits... Yeah? There was like some gas station or some place was doing giveaways, and it was a 3,000-hit club. And there was like 15 guys in it at the time. Well, you know, as a and Cincinnati Red. at the bottom of it. Roberto Clemente. Roberto Clemente. As a, as a Cincinnati Red, though, Pete only got 3,300 hits. Only. Well, you know what I'm saying, though, right? <laughs> yeah, less than 1,000 with the Expos and the Phillies. Yeah, cool. All right, so we do have this road trip coming up. One and nine, Colorado in their last ten games, and they've dropped to seven games behind the Dodgers. Um, Arizona, Dodgers have been amazing. Arizona's thirty-two and thirteen at home, Oof. so that Oof. doesn't that doesn't sound good. Wow. And then we get the All Star break, um, so that's what we got to look forward to. Um, our uh, trivia question, or our three old Reds fans stumper, or our podcast puzzler, or whatever we want to call it. Last week, what was the original name of Crosley Field? I think my dad said he knew this answer um, when he was on the show last week, but I didn't let him give it. And then I forgot to double-check with him after we were done recording if he really did. So it was named after Hal Crosley eventually because he was a big businessman in Cincinnati. Put a lot of money and stuff. So you guys don't know? I, by, and by the way, your dad, Mr. Gilbert, probably the greatest uh, person to ever be on this podcast. <laughs> It was great. Let's just say that we, we, Tom and I both have shared, and I, I texted you this because I listened to it in San Diego. That was the best podcast episode we've had with your daughter. Well, what are you guys doing here? I should have got yeah. them back. Yeah. I wouldn't blame I'm you. Just kidding. Wouldn't I'm just kidding. Blame you if you did. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'd listen. <laughs> yeah. So Redland Field was the name of it. Huh. They, this, the ballpark they had before that was called the Palace for the Fans. I remember that. Um, and then this there's was just, called Redland Field and then later named Crosley There's Field. just a picture on Instagram about a palace of the fans with all the players, all the fans sitting up on the hill. Yeah. They showed them. So yeah. Hats, you know. Cool. All right, guys. Well, I think we've uh, covered about all the ground we need to cover. Do you, what, want you got the, one more? Do you want the question, new, right? Oh, that's right. We, Three that's old Reds fans. Stumper my, of the week. My, my bad. My bad. <laughs> okay, the Stumper of the Week. And, and this is uh, Cincinnati Reds. 
uh, record three old Reds, Reds fan stumper. Maybe we should do another one. It's hard to say. You like podcast puzzler? Trivia podcast puzzler. Like, right now, I like trivia question. Okay. Trivia time. Who holds? I'm looking for the alliteration. <laughs> anyway, who holds what? Who holds the Cincinnati Reds team record for um, at-bats per home run? In other words, they hit more home runs home run per at-bat than any other Cincinnati Red in A history. minimum of how many at-bats, Tom? It doesn't say. But this <laughs> is somebody that you will know, it's, so it's not a, real, a long, long time ago. It's someone I that, have a good idea. And, I think I know. And it's I someone have... that might surprise our listeners. Maybe not surprise... Jeff Gilbert. Well, I don't know. I, maybe. Well, the way you say that, then maybe maybe I'm barking up the wrong tree. The most home runs per, per at bat in Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, frequency of home runs in Cincinnati Reds history. Can we go ahead and guess right now? Do you care? Well, no, because then. All right. All right. Then you're giving our listeners. Okay. All right. Well, we'll talk about it when we get off the air here. Yeah. Okay. All right. Not, yeah, once can, once we uh, get off the air and go to Mike and Mike, and we're no longer on the air, we can talk about it. <laughs> all right. Can I close the show now, Tom? Is that good? I Are think we done? We've covered have everything. we covered everything? I think we have. Okay. All right. Well, join us next time. Most likely our next show will be post-All-Star Game. The donkey will have a name, hopefully. And trade rumors, of course, will be heating up. So, And as we always say, go Reds. Go Reds. Go Reds. Go Reds.